years since they first met and fell in love at university, Yejide and Akin have agreed polygamy is not for them. But four years into their marriage, after consulting fertility doctors and healers and trying strange teas and unlikely cures, Yejide is still not pregnant. She assumes she has time until her in-laws arrive on her doorstep with a young woman they introduce as a king's second wife. Furious, shocked, and livid with jealousy, Yejide knows the only way to save her marriage is to get pregnant, which finally she does, but at a cost for greater than she could have dared to imagine. The unforgettable story of a marriage is seen through the eyes of both husband and wife. Stay with me, ask how much we can sacrifice for the sake of family. Have you ever read a good book that you wanted to talk about it with your friends? Well, that's what we do here. Welcome to the Bruz Bookshelf with your hosts, Lennon Givens, Dr. Harvey Hinton III, Donovan Snipe, and my wife, Dr. Teresa Smith Givens, where we read books and we let the content drive the conversation. Enjoy. This book kind of hit me like a thriller um, and the type of thriller that like a beautiful mind or the sixth sense is you think something is happening, but that's not what's happening at all. So it was very interesting. My initial thoughts is that the family is kind of nuts. Of course, there's like a cultural difference, but I was trying to understand like why are they so pressed for not only for this, for somebody to get pregnant, but like why even pressed so hard to bring this other person in. So I was I was kind of confused at first, and then, um, I don't know, it kind of just turned into some weird intrigue later on. So I, I, didn't, I didn't preface the book. I just jumped, you know, intro. And I read it thinking I was reading one of them Nollywood movies that be on Netflix. <laughs> so I read it like an African comedy at first. Like, so the first chapters, I'm like, ooh, this is deep. You know, because you just said it, you know, the idea that that she has to come home and, and, well, she didn't come home. She's met at the door with her uh, husband's new wife, right? And all the drama that comes from that experience, right? Hilarious to me as I'm reading it with no preference, no preface. Tonight, after I hear Teresa read the intro, I don't know what happened. I didn't read that intro. So I'm like, wow, like, I didn't even know that that was about to happen. So, like, I jumped into it completely, you know, unaware, and I had an expectation that this was an African comedy, and it took some dark, deep twists. So similar to what Teresa said, you know, it it, it definitely has a, a thriller component to it, and um, 
it, it messed the genre up. I don't know what it is, really. I enjoy reading it, but I don't know what it is. I just, you know, it, it got off, it got off like African juicy and gossipy. And I was like, ooh, this is messy. But then it just went somewhere else. Did you think it was going to be an African comedy because she met Fumi and she was describing Fumi's mango-colored skin? Her mango-colored skin. You know, all this kind of stuff. She fed the woman raw three old three-bean soup and gave her the runs and she then doodled on a dress, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and mad because Buddy didn't eat it too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, I wish you ate it too. Fumi came out the gate being super duper bold. And hey. Fumi, y'all notice Fumi had a jerry curl. Fumi she came said, Fumi, mug. Fumi jumped in the front seat of the car and, and pushed a the cushion to the floor. Savage. <laughs> he was about that life. We don't know now. what she getting herself into, though. Because nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yezzy wasn't about that. She wasn't about that at all. She had a long life, and it was hard, and, and she wasn't about to, no. Nah. But, like, but, like, the whole point that, like, they, it starts <laughs> off with this point that they meet and agree that polygamy isn't the way to be. For like, them. I missed that, right? That wasn't the read I was looking into, and I yeah. think that that's um that's a funny conversation within itself because I've I've met um men from the continent who who are aware of polygamy, and they're like, no brother, no brother, only one wife. One wife is enough. You don't want more than one wife. Yeah, because you can so, only have as many wives as you can afford. So as you can afford. Well, it, it, and think about it. It's not about what you can afford. It's about what the culture says you gotta have. Yeah, you know, a course. king didn't ask for this, right? We're talking about being in a culture that says what's best for us is determined by the elders who's sitting around listening to the ancestors. They're doing something else, right? And then they come in and you saying, this is what we need you to do. You know, accept your new sister wife. You know, you, 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 you teach her well. You teach her well. <laughs> All of that's wild, man. Like, you know... It's not wild, but that's the that's the framework that that the book is presenting, and I was excited to jump into something like that. I wanted I wanted something to take me away from the norm, and it definitely did that. Well, if you look at it, families are like a corporation, and a marriage is a merger, and it's a merger between those two corporations. And everybody in the family act as Love. shareholders. Love. So Love. You, one can one can say, "Hey, what goes on in my family in my house is my business," but when something happens to you, the family has to come together to support you, to help you out. So it's not just about you; it's about your family. Now, in that culture, they take it to the extreme, and they like, "Hey, what goes on in your household affects not only us, but it affects our legacy and our future." You must so, speak as a son. You must right. think so this book is about this book is not only about love uh it's about family it's about legacy it's about expectation it's about secrets yeah. it's oh. about sacrifice oh secrets that secrets that yeah so uh, a lot family. of secrets I wanted to uh, I, I wanted to read how deep this was about of family and and the expectations of Yejide to have children because she married to somebody from a, a deep family 
who is the firstborn son. So it's important for, uh, to them that he bear, he has children with the wife. So she, she goes up to the house and she said, and she, she goes up to his mother's house. She said, when I arrived at the house, mommy was sitting on the stool in front of the yard shelling ground nuts into a rusty tray that sat in her lap. She looked up as I approached, then looked down again. I swallowed and my step slowed. There was something wrong. Mommy always greeted me by yelling, Yeti Day, my wife. Words were as warm and embraces they usually as usually followed them. Good evening, Mommy. My knees trembled as they touched the concrete floor. Are you pregnant now? She said without looking up from the tray of ground nuts. I scratched my head. Are you barren and deaf too? I say, are you pregnant? The answer is, is either yes, I am pregnant, or no, I still haven't been pregnant for a single day in my life. I don't know. I stood back up and uh, I stood back up away until she was not within reach of my clenched fist. Remember, because yesterday used to be a fighter. She she didn't want to punch her mom in law. She's about that said, life. Why don't you allow my uh, Why don't you allow my son to have a child? She slapped the tray of nuts on the ground and stood up. I don't manufacture children. God does. She marched towards me and spoke when her toes were touching the tip of my toes. She got right up in her face. Have you ever seen God in labor giving birth to a child? Tell me, today, have you ever seen God in labor in the labor ward? Women manufacture children. And even if you aren't just a man, nobody should call you a woman. She gripped my wrist and lowered her voice to a whisper. Life is not difficult, Yijadeh. If you cannot have children, allow my son to have some with Fumi. See, we're not asking you to stand up in front of your place in his life. We're just asking you to shift so that someone else can sit down. Dog, she's having this conversation with his mama, mm -hmm. telling her. <laughs> okay, go ahead and let my son marry somebody else so I can have his grandbaby. Like, right. it's I mean, so when... invasive and like, I don't know, it's just, just, not cool, but I mean, I, like I said, it's, it's part of the culture. So, like, if the corporation ain't producing any product, we gotta expand and merge. But like, or I do I found something it, else. Yeah, but I found it interesting that nobody ever questioned like a king. Like a, maybe a, a king can. can't have kids. Like, not once did anyone question a king. A king is such a nice guy when his books open up. He's such a he's such yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. A king is such a liar. He's a gentleman. You know, yeah. I he's sit so here he and I listen, heart. and it's a little bit different for me, and I'm sure that I have a different perspective. But um, even going into the book and everything that I was thinking, I still don't feel exactly like what I'm hearing. I relate very much to what is happening in the story. I relate to the family. I relate to what everyone is feeling. I relate to the emotions. I relate to the mother-in-law. I relate to Yejide. I relate to Akeen. I can feel what everyone is doing in this instance. And I completely understand what the emotion is with everyone. And contrary to what I feel Lennon was reading and saying, Yesterday wants children just as much or more than Akeem. Um, and it's very evident in the speech where he says to her, if this 
room was on fire, this house was on fire, what would you take? And she says, my child. And he's like, you don't even have children. It wasn't even in his mind. He was like, you silly girl. I say it. <laughs> that's a thing. You, you talk, that's a person, not a thing. He said, what thing would you take? So it is already embedded in her to be a mother before this story even begins. And it comes from her wanting to be a mother because she was motherless. So that is one of the biggest things uh, that goes through this book. And it makes it even more sad. It makes it much, much more sad when you look at it in its totality. That's a great point. <laughs> That's a great observation. Before we go any further, I just want to introduce the characters because there's a lot of characters in this book and it's a lot of different moving parts. So the two main characters in this book is obviously Yijide, and she is married to Akineli. Um, Akineli. Uh, Ajaye. Ajaye. I, my brain's not working tonight. Akineli Ajaye. He's the husband. And then Afumi is the second wife that his family uh, made him marry. She, they pretty much forced him to marry her. He never was into her. Then his he has a brother named Datun. He's going to later come up. Yesterday, finally had three children, uh, Olamide, Saison, and Olorotimi. So uh, those are the main characters in the book. And uh, Iamatha and uh, Mommy. And when she says Mommy means mother, and she's referring to Akin's mother. So that that little section I just re read, that was Akin's mother, obviously. But... um. I think they pronounce it Moomi. 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 Yeah. So, Akin is a person that keeps things locked deep down inside. I think, and Akin's uh, lack of uh, being forthcoming, he sent his wife on a, she thought that she couldn't have children and she started losing her mind. And uh, it was a condition that she developed. It's called um, pseudo pseudosiasis, <laughs> right? It, and it's pretty much is when a woman feels the intense desire to get pregnant, and I'll, she started developing like physical characteristics characteristics she of being pregnant by goat. <laughs> <laughs> without being pregnant. She but I wanted to read this passage in the book about Akeem <laughs> when she was describing Akeem. She said Akeem had the ability to, ability to listen to people, to focus his eyes and ears in a way that made you feel whatever you were saying, it was important, even crucial. It was 10 p.m. too soon, but he had to leave the hostel along with the other male visitors. As I walked into his car, I realized that he spent four hours in my room and I still did not know anything about him apart from his name. Yet somehow I felt as though I knew him. I would later learn that Akeem could keep himself neatly folded in while he drew out other people. He was the kind of person that many claimed as a dear friend. Many of these people did not even know him, but they never knew that they did not know him. It made me feel special, this awareness that Akeem never really allowed anyone to know him. As we grew close, closer and he became the one who talked to me nonstop for four hours. I felt as though that I was being ushered into the most exclusive club 
a club that only Datun and I were allowed into. I could not realize until much later that Akeem could talk for hours without saying anything. And with that skill, he had managed to make me feel like a part of the inner circle. Now this was right. Now this was like in the mid of the book because it has set you up because when she was going to see the doctor, she asked Akeem, Hey, the doctor, did you see the doctor too? And he said, yes, everything is fine. But when he first started dating Yejide, she was a virgin. And he used to lie to Yejide, and he used to explain to her how different penises work. He said, all penises are different. Some get hard, some get soft. <laughs> but that's and true. mine, mine the kind that floats. <laughs> the tunes, <laughs> he sinks straight to the bottom. <laughs> I don't know. And that's not funny. <laughs> hey, so check this out, right? This is what I'm thinking about as as as, as we deal with this. So I go into my marriage with the understanding and expectation that my wife can't have children. Like that's that's how we got married, with that understanding. And of course, anybody who would know me would think I'm I'm looking to have a son. That's just, you know, a macho man looking to have a son. And so reading this story and looking at how the family was bringing this pressure on them to have this child, I was asking my wife about that. Like, yo, do you remember that being the situation? And she was like, not not so much. You know, she, she does remember moments when, you know, she might have been in a conversation but, um, you know, for me, it was always like, you know, I know too many people who ain't hitting on nothing, who have babies all over the place. So babies will come when babies are ready. And that's what babies did. Babies showed up. So we ended up having two kids, like six, seven years into our marriage. But we've been together forever. Anyway, to my point, we see this pressure coming from women to make men be a certain kind of way. And when men can't live up to the woman's standard, it gets twisted and, and debuckled and turned around all other kinds of ways. So I don't want to make it a finger point who did it, but it's like these are the women who were coming to the house. These are the women bringing other women to the relationship. Like a king meets a woman that he's into mentally. He understands he has a physical problem. He knows that. And his problem, he just can't have and exist in this, this world that's that's driving men to be a certain kind of way. And who's the driver in this story is women. That's not true. <laughs> because it wasn't just it, it wasn't just uh Iamata. It, it, it was his uncle as well. I see your perspective. I see. And it's kind of the... Who was bringing, bringing the side chicks around? Well, his it's, mama. It's still, yeah, it's like right. who... who in this respect, it's almost what came first, the chicken or the egg, because it is a continuing cycle of toxicity because the women need these children to validate their place and their status. But the men also need the children to be the head patriarch because it shows their status as well. I made 10 sons. Father, that, that's at some point, some man is probably walking around and his name is father of 10 sons. And that makes him special to a certain point. 
And but to be the mother of those 10 sons also puts you at a particular place, too. And it's all status. So in that respect, it's circular for the male and for the female. And I can feel everybody and everybody's feel it's almost like money. And that it is, they said that in and, and, and certain places, children are like currency because it gives you the status that you want in your village or, and it makes you that person. And that man wants to be the person and the woman wants to be the one who is that, that main wife who gets all of the privileges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story does kind of go over a whole lot of um, what, what society's expectation of you is as opposed to what your own expectation and goals and what they should be and in the story like it's almost like you can't even be yourself like you have to Mm -hmm. you have to do what the society is telling you to do you have to have a child if you can't have a child you have to get somebody else who can and y'all have Mm -hmm. to have this family regardless of what (laughs) regardless of what y'all want with each other what kind of life y'all trying to live whatever you're trying to do in the greater sense for each other that doesn't matter if only the only way you're gonna be considered a man is if you have these kids, especially boy kids. And the only way you can mm-hmm. be a, a valid woman is if you are a mother. Otherwise, you're just a waste of space. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much how they were being treated. Um, and you can kind of see it really for Yijidek because, I mean, for her, she never really had any any real family anchoring. Like she had her dad, um, but he wasn't. I mean, he blamed her for her mother's death. Um, so like even the persons he's she's supposed to be closest to in the world, one of the people she's supposed to be closest to. Did he to really, the world. Donovan? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He said yes. it to her constantly. If your yeah. head was just a little bit because that was the woman he loved the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he and said if your head, head was so small big. enough, head was small. Yeah. yeah, he said it. He yeah, said he, it. Said he said it. Yeah. And, and you know, and he wasn't. He didn't. He wasn't even there to protect her when the other mothers used to ostracize her and. And make her sit outside in the hallway. She used to hear the uh, the stories from afar, from a distance, you know. And they used to always find reasons to pinch her, and they just didn't like her. And they Man. didn't like her because other, other animals they just kill the offspring, you know. They just they don't deal with this stuff. They just they just you know. We we for <laughs> conscious we 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 terrorize. Yeah. We, we 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 do. What is that? That's a greater evil. We don't want you to die fast. Well, it's dealing with your own demons and the looking at, I mean, we see it. This story is exactly what we see in our everyday lives. We see this still. This is not a Nigerian story. This is not at all. Everybody's story. Mm-hmm. And you have, people have stepchildren that, they look at and they can't stand them and they mistreat them because of what they represent to the person. And they're, they're moms and dads who mistreat people because they look at that child as the representation of another person that they do not like or something that the person that they do like had something with that they did not. Hmm. So she had to bear the pressure and the hatred because, as he said, that was his favorite wife. And now that she is no longer there, Yejide 
had to feel the wrath of all of those women who never wanted her around, especially the first wife. Mm-hmm. With the you in breath, right? That's the. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why she decided she would never call anyone else Moami. And how she felt so close to Akeen's mother and the sadness that she had to feel once she realized that she was not as close to her as she thought she was. She had considered them to be family. Mm-hmm. And then she realized that I mean, it's, it's Akeen is her family. It's it's everybody. I mean, to your point though, it's everybody. Woe is me. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't end at that point because now Grandma mad. We didn't love this girl. Took care of her like our own, and she don't give us a grandchild. To your point, uh-huh. <laughs> Every, everybody gets to be victim, and and. I mean, it's weird when you look at it at that point. I was really hoping this was a comedy, man. I was I needed an African comedy, a romantic. Some crazy shit because it's still depending on how you tell this story, you can find humor in it. Okay. <laughs> I found some I found some things that was uh that made me laugh, but I want to jump to you know to the end to those parts. But uh that was there was certain parts in the book that I was trying to see where it fit. Like the story about the uh what is the the Roku tree? Mm. When the, the the girl got uh she came home, she went to the city and she came back and her whole family was missing and she went into the forest and the tree told her, I mean, she found out the tree knew where her family was and the tree made a promise. You know, I was I mean, I understand how that that story fits into this story. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering why would you repeat such a dark story to your child? Because these are parables it's just like the parables in the bible and you know every culture has parables that they tell and they tell them to their children you know we um yeah and and it it also explains natural phenomena um just so many different things that go through cultures i was uh, and the uh story is kind of like a um it's kind of an allegory to her life like in order for you to have something that you, you think you desperately need, you have to give something else up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a, when you do get reunited with your family, they ain't really all what they cracked up to be to begin with. So right. I think that was she, what she was trying to communicate. Like that you can love your family, you can care for them, you can want them deeply and do your best for them. But at the end of the day, they can still not be the thing that's the best for you. Which is and be what free. situation was, yeah. Now, did you think that uh, a king's family loved Yejide more than what they wanted? Did you think they loved their? Did you? What, was Yejide? Did they love Yejide above their expectations for their family's legacy? No. Or Yejide wasn't wasn't uh, bigger than the team. You know yeah, what I mean? They played a, a key role in their vision for what they wanted their family to be. And then once she couldn't fit in that role, then that's when things got turned around for her. That's when they right. started treating her. But they right. did love and her, but as far as what she could do for them. Even through a king's lies, I, I always felt that a king had a real deep love for his wife. I mean, oh, definitely. Was- 
he was smooth, man. That dude was, he was, you know, he deserved immaculate conception. He deserved to be laid out and his woman to get on top of him and start weathering like a, a bird and he just shoot something up in her and have a child. Like the original story. Yes. Uh, but, uh, okay, <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> he deserves, he deserves that level of, of treatment. And, and and that's what we miss because it, to the point, uh, Teresa, we're saying that the man who can produce 10 children is the one that's getting the value. I think the brother that can immaculate concept, he would be the one to be like, wow, you did what? I mean. Th- that love created that? Like you had a real love child? Like that was really, and that's where the story could have went somewhere else, right? These two people had a really in-depth love for one another that produced a child. And he wanted a child with the woman that he loved. With the woman that he loved. And he was willing, although he was selfish, he was being real selfless. I think that he didn't calculate down the line how he really felt because he. I think he thought that he had a grip on his emotions enough to not act out. Well, where do you think that he was selfish? I think he was selfish by keeping the secret. Yeah, he should. He had to tell the truth. He got to. Yeah, tell he had to tell the truth. He should have been. I got old, sp- old yeah. biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a wet noodle down there. <laughs> I, mean, I understand. Little gang, little gang. <laughs> the spaghetti ready. <laughs> huh. It's a cold world, man. You know, it's, it's a cold world. Yeah, it's got to be some juices and berries somewhere around. He said there. it's he a find, cold world. You got to find some juices and berries, some some kind of. He got that pool meat. He, 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 he had been doing these secret, secret experiments and stay himself, and we couldn't get nothing right. to work. You know, as I listen to you all, and it's kiki key, funny, funny, right. but that is why he could not tell yesterday, which yeah. is why he couldn't tell anyone but Datsun. That's a great perspective. Um, he, he used to go to Legos and secretly meet with the urologist. Yes, he was without her knowing, saying, "I'm Legos. going on a business trip." He yeah. was going to, and he was. <laughs> so was. that's why I don't feel as if maybe there was something in there. I think selfish might not be sitting with me well. Pride. I know that he was prideful, and I. But that made him very vulnerable to me. There was something about Akeem that was very vulnerable, and. For him, he was so in love with Yeja Day that he could not let her know that he was not perfect. He had already run off like a punk when they were doing uh, the protest. I mean, he he had to try to live up to this person Damn, that's for a her. Great and observation. He just he could sure did. not. Live but, up mean, to the expectation of a husband, so he for had a man, to for that, for for that a man. exactly because yeah. y'all y'all are laughing. He knew that if his wife knew that he was impotent, that she would forever have that, and he did not want to be vulnerable in that sense. That's another but one. Did, but, but she knew, and when did she? When did she not? When, when did she know? She knew. She That's did not I'm... know until very late. And they was they were married for four years, and he never penetrated her. She and the, just... let me tell you, I mean, because in a, in a way, I kind of thought we weren't talking about specifics in the book, but this is very interesting. 
when she had sex with Datum for the first time, she was not happy with it. And she complained. And she said this. She said, I feel sorry for Datun's wife. She said all of this for that. All of this for that. And right, because Datun It was drunk. I seen that in a movie the night before I seen that. In the same African movie. It doesn't matter, but day. just think about it. Whether he was drunk right. and it was Hold quick on, I wanna... or not. He he penetrated her. Mm-hmm. So did she not Again, she had the chance to compare a penetration and a non-penetration relationship, and she favored the non-penetration relationship. That's love. Exactly. She said, I wanted to read, she said, he kissed my face until I started moaning his name. She's talking about, this is after she 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 had sex with Datun. And her husband what? came home. His brother, what a good then his brother, what? Hold on. And and so Akeem came home. She said he kissed my face until I started moaning his name instead. I wanted to run downstairs to Datoon and tell him, see, see what Akeem can make me feel? Just only my face. See? He whispered my name, his breath hot against my skin. I shivered and covered his lips with mine. He moved quickly to my neck and I shut my eyes. This time I could not draw the tingling sensations his tongue and fingers gave. Pleasure was suspended, but my fierce hope that everything would be perfect, positioned just right for me to conceive. So he was doing a lot of foreplay. And she's still thinking that she could conceive like that. Doing that part. Listen, later on in the book, after after it hit the fan and after everything was open, dog, he's so guarded. That was that was two times in this book where I felt like Akeem has like extreme emotional control, right? He was so guarded two times in the book. The first time when they first when she first had sex with Datun, it came out that he was supposed to go to the clubhouse, but he came back in. He came back to the house. He was hoping that, you know. He was hoping that uh, it so didn't happen out, and he was going to change it's his mind. He so walked in on them. Out. Did right. you know he saw he saw them the first time they did it and mm-hmm. he didn't say anything. He came inside and he kissed he kissed her and then they had their sex, right? The second time, what you want to say? The se- uh, just at the in the first time, right? I mean, because the, the story is told... Back and forth, back, back and, and forth, forth. Yeah, back right. and forth. That's that is when you get these aha moments, and you're like, "What? Huh? Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you have to go back, and then you have to say, "Well, wait a minute, did this and that?" So finding out the information that Akeen had come back and that he wanted to tell them to stop, but it had already gone on. Mm-hmm just shows you too that there again are those questions and when you start to think about the parables they're there the the decisions that we make that set things into motion that we cannot control so so i think the white man named alfred kinsley i think that's his name he was a white professor at iu he studied sex 
And he grew up in a very restricted era where white people lied about sex. And so he's looking at the birds and, and understanding that animals have sex for purpose, not for emotion. So he does all these sex studies, right? So I think when you compare that to what was happening with a king, he's able to, this whole culture, to a certain extent, it recognizes the significance of the sexual act because it brings forth life, but it's also something that is just a necessary thing to where they can separate emotion. You know, the family brings another woman to the house and says, hey, move aside, let her have sex with your husband because we need a child. So that would be no different from him bringing his brother to his wife saying, hey, man, do this for me because we need a child. Like, they're separating the emotion from the act for the purpose of reproduction. Well, there are also rules to this because, mm-hmm. as you know... But that's why he uh, was standing behind the wall, though, is what I'm saying. Right, he, but for the, him, the goal for, is to get her pregnant, not to run a train on his wife. Right, know? but for yesterday to have sex with Datun, as Moami said, would be an abomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he yeah, had to come she, to him in secret. Yeah, she had a fit. Abomination! Datun so, didn't want to do it. And no. right, no, he didn't like, want to do it. No. no. And I feel like we do this book so much injustice when you end up having to talk about it this way, but because of the the way the book is set up, you can't help but tell the book in this way. Right. Um there is no way to lay it out in the way that it was laid out for us. And that is a huge disservice because as I stated before, it was a very good thriller. I tell Lennon all the time, I do not like audible books. I do not. Um, I prefer to read myself, but I actually was able to listen to this for hours. And I mean, at least six hours. Nonstop. I thought the old wise man was going to run a train on the mountain. When they brought the goat out, I was like, I kind of thought something to that nature, too. I thought, <laughs> I thought that. I was like, we're going to get her tonight. We're going to send her home pregnant, buddy. No worries, my friend. No worries, young man. We have I just that thing for her. We have just that thing. Just that thing. We have 100 good weed. She no, was, was, we are ready, my brother. It was, it was worse. It was and worse. It comes a goat. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I have this saying about relationships. I always say sex plus time equals love. And that's how people fall in love with the wrong people. Because you start off having sex with the person that you know you shouldn't be laying with. But you lay with these people anyway. No, no, no. You didn't didn't add that in the equation. You just said sex plus time. So it ain't got about who you shouldn't be with. You just said it like the more you have sex with the more you love them. No, I said sex plus time equals love. If you have so, sex with them and you're around them a love, you, you probably yes. won't fall in love. Yeah, like it can be somebody you know that y'all are totally, you're not supposed to be with this person. But if you keep having sex with this person, you spend some time with them, and you keep having sex, you start mixing those two, you're going to fall in love. And that's what happened with Datun and Yejideh. Mm. When he came... When he came, when uh, when he came to the uh, to the salon, mm-hmm. and he was telling her, "I miss you." But yesterday was not in love with Datun. Nah. And that's what I tell you with your theory. You say sex and time equals love, and I say eh, maybe, maybe not. 
And maybe that's because I'm a woman and I know how to get rid of those things. The whole outlast the pole, Lenny. I mean, hey, um, <laughs> you just have to look at what the type of person that yesterday was, though. Yesterday wow. was the type of person that anyone could fall in love with. That is true. And it was her and her spirit that Datoon found himself getting lost in. Mm-hmm. And Akeem knew that would happen. That is why he said, look, to Three times max. No, he said five times max. He was like, he. well, he started out lower. And then he said, but maybe, you know, we get this, maybe, maybe. And he. it was almost to him that every time you have sex with her, she's going to get pregnant. But I guess in the book, she kind of did. But, what yeah, this is just, no, she wasn't, she wasn't in love. I've been listening to my brother. Go do it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she do wasn't. it now. And at, at that point, she decided that she was in control of this game. And she laid it out. I wanted to read those letters that Datoon was writing. Those letters They messed were that brother up. He, he did get the, he got the worst end of the stick. He said, Datoon got the worst end of the stick? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. He was all ready to shit little brother to begin with? Oh, it yeah, that's what I said. Datoon was the, I mean, he was the stereotypical younger brother. And especially in that society, he was already messing up. And he was not a faithful husband. But he was anyway. a beautiful brother and son. Mm. Okay. He was a family. Well, that was because he was his mother's baby. True. And how does adultery work in a society with polygamy? Like- well, because you can't sleep with another man's wife. So if you sleep with another man's wife, that's adultery. But you said he was cheating as well. Like if he no, Datsun with... was cheating on his wife. Yeah. Yes. But... He would have to take another wife for and it to be okay. not cheating. Gotcha. And we didn't really talk about Fumi a lot, but Fumi um, was worldly. <laughs> Fumi had was not a virgin, Mm-mm. and she had enough of you know, street in her to know the real deal. Yes. And she was like, I'm going to get paid out of this. And she made it a point to let Yejide know that she was well taken care of in her little apartment and what she had. And she also made it a point to try to infringe upon her liberties of being his first wife. Mm. And she also was very miscalculating and she did not know how, to what extent that a king would go to keep his problem a secret. That's right. why when she tripped and fell. No, she didn't trip. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right. <laughs> when there was movement and she later fell down some steps. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but, I mean, he did know how much he loved his wife. Mm-hmm. But she kept thinking that she could do something like a lot of women do. And some mm-hmm. women are successful with that. She felt like she could get in there and move those pieces. But she did not know that it didn't work on him because he didn't have those things that it could have worked on. Exactly. That and like she's trying to take Yijide's spot 
as the wife and mother mm-hmm. thinking Yejide is the issue and Yejide can't have the kids. Right. But she yeah. couldn't even hold a candle to Yejide. But she, it made but it, it, it doesn't it, matter it, in it society. Made, she it made Akeem, kids, it, made, it annoyed Akeem when she even like tried to call him sweetheart. He was but like, she didn't understand that. And yeah. Yejide didn't understand from her from her viewpoint either. Because no one knew this secret except for Akeem. And then Fumi found it out, mm-hmm. but she still didn't know it for a fact because he was telling Fumi, oh, you just don't do it for me. Mm. Fumi like, man, you tripping, son. Man, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, want, I wanted to uh, go Fumi back to... Fumi was apartment, though. I, I wanted to go back to these secrets and emotions. When he was at the hospital... And he found out, or the doctor thought that he revealed to him that there was no way that that his that son, or, or I think it was the, the first daughter, uh, Olamide. Olamide. It was Sasan because Olamide never had any children. Okay. Olamide just died. So there was no way that uh, Sasan could uh, be his son, and he started pretending like he was upset. And the doctor told him, "said Calm down. You are a man. You are a man." You are a man, inferring that men shouldn't show outwardly emotions like that, right? Then, when he was in the car, uh, when he was in the car, and he didn't he didn't express emotions that he just lost his son, and he kept it all bottled in until he got to the house, and then that's when he told his wife. That was, I thought that to me, that was extreme uh, self-containment of emotions. But then reading the book and, and seeing how insensitive their culture is to your feelings and how right after she lost the child, the mother comes in and say, all right, I know, you know, that that one's dead. You need to start working on getting this next one. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that you, you know, she you just lost a child. What'd you say? She was already pregnant. And she was like, let's focus on our next one. But then the abicus. Abiku. The abicus. The, the superstition mm-hmm. and their culture and how their superstition is like a reality to them. Uh, well, 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 you got to be careful what? with that, bro. I, I mean, know. It's, why, it's... Do you not, why do you not feel connected to that? It's... Yeah. It makes sense. I don't understand why you're not connected to that. That's how we are. That's how we've survived. That's black people for ever. (laughs) You know, that's how we get through what we get through. That's how we explain the unexplainable. Um, That's how to get through what you've done and try to move past it. Those are steps to do that. They thought, you know, if you don't know where this baby is, if you do not see this child while it is dead, that you can move forward and not think about the child that is dead. I will tell you this, and I was never told that, but in my spirit, uh, when Nicholas and Nakai were triplets and the oldest Nia died in, at, in childbirth, she died when, right when she was born. Something inside of me said, 
you don't need to see this child because you need to focus on the two that you have living and the stuff started going in my head. It was like, the dead, take care of the dead and all the spiritual stuff you hear. And that was just something that helped me get past where I needed to be because I felt like if I focus on the child that I cannot help, I cannot help the two that are here that need me. So those are traditions that are inside of us that we pass down or whatever that keep us moving and keep us going. So I don't see how you don't connect with those. I was particularly talking about how she was going to allow them to beat the child and mm-hmm. show, beat them to uh, show whips on the dead was, body to send a yeah, message to, mark, to the- No, it was to mark the child so that the baby that she was carrying, because the abiku is a spirit. To scare course, them off. And of course, no, not to scare them mm-hmm. off, but of course, spirits, just like you say, can a ghost wear clothes? That's what, you know, you said, can a ghost wear clothes? So can a spirit have a mark? But in that tradition, if you were to mark the abiku, then- when the next child is born, that child would have a mark. That's why when uh, Rotemi was born, she was looking and she was like, no marks, no scars. This child is not an abiku. So so there's a um, a West African um, spiritual scholar healer, uh, Maladome Some. And he talks a lot about grief and healing and he talks about the importance of grief and what happens when our loved ones die. And he talks about connecting with ancestral spirits. These are all things that would be um, common to Western, Western African indigenous cultures. And so this connection to the spirit world is much more important to them than the connection to our modern technological value system. It's a whole, it's a different orientation, you know, and it is a, it's a community. It's not about the individual. And so I don't think it's necessarily that they're insensitive to feelings of the person. I don't think that you, I think it's more about community. And, and um, I think, <clears throat> Yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just call it superstition. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, she told her. She said, "She, his mother looked at her and said, you, uh, uh, all your children. Uh, I mean, you can only bear abacus.'" Mm-hmm. She did say that. And that I thought that was super felt. insensitive. I mean, <laughs> and coming from you, somebody being I mean, insensitive. People say, is, stuff. Is, people say mean stuff to something. people all the time. Yeah, and these are old black families. people. Right. Yeah. So that, that was my that goes back to my point on on how a king was guarded and how he could control his emotions. When you come from a family as such, when they can say things that can be so insensitive all the time, you learn to control your emotions and pressure situations. But they're exactly. not insensitive in a culture in which that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cry mm-hmm. in private. You know, it's just like how they talk about the rites of passage. And these things are punishable by death. And so when the kids go off and they come back and and the, the, the village is lined up and they're in the parade and everybody's excited to see them come back and the person doesn't see their child come back, 
They don't cry and take away from the ceremony. They don't cry right. and draw attention to them because the understanding is your child didn't follow instructions. That's mm-hmm. why he didn't come back. So in private, they go and weep. And so right. him crying in public draws attention to a broader problem. Like he got to answer, you know what I'm saying? That's you know, heavy, when you man. Lie, you got to walk with it, right? So it's that yeah. whole thing, right? So he crying in public, he got the answer to why you crying in public. So he has to take it home and cry behind closed doors. That's it. Because everything in that society is performative. You have to perform as a man. You have to perform as a woman. This is how you perform as a man. You do this, 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 and this. This is how you perform as a woman. You have to do this, 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 and this. If you can't do those things, then you're you obsessively have no value to the society and to the the greater continuum of life and death. Um, So, of course, I can't tell you that I'm impotent and I can't have kids because then what? What? What can I be? in this world other than a man if I can't do that. Um, if I'm a woman, I can't have kids, then what am I actually? And there's a lot right. of that that whole identity thing. Like, the reason he's so good at holding things in is because if he doesn't, he'll collapse in society. So it's 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 easy to do it when you have an insensitive family, but when you have a whole society kind of built around that, it becomes even more essential that you're able to, to hide in, in plain view. Because if you don't, then you risk ostracization, um, and all types of other ills. I also think that uh, not only is performative, it's performative, they have a a way of filtering out the weak. It's a, it's a, a society of strong, they practice their own form of genetics. It's like mm-hmm. what Harvey just explained about the rites of passage. If you, if you can't make it, if you're not strong, if you're not disciplined, to make it, then you can't make it back. You're not going to be a part of the celebration. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm just not 100% convinced that, you know, the adjectives that we're using are exactly what this is in context. I mean, for me, as I read, it's just roles. It's, it's people playing their role. And even the children that have passed away are in a role because the the value is in your age. So even as a child, you don't hold very much value in the society. As an elder, you do, but as a child, you don't. And so um, as a mother, though, you grieve for your child. And she was very adamant about her feelings and her emotions. And she said, no one is grieving for my child. Mm -hmm. And if she and she did, she said, if this had been uh, this person, you know, there would be funerals for days. And but with my child, you just want to rush and throw them in the ground. So this is also a story of the old versus the new. And what we decide we want to believe in when it comes to the the religion of our parents and the religion of our technology and the intersection of all of those things coming together. Because in this story, Akeem was like, yeah, today, are you really going to see this witch doctor? You know, because they were this urban type, you know, couple who had gone to university Mm -hmm. and, you know, they were going to have these fabulous modern lives, but their ancestry was pulling at them and tugging at their future and pulling them back into what they said that they didn't want any parts of. 
and they find themselves totally immersed and wrapped in something that they said they were not going to do. Only for him to go see a witch doctor himself. Exactly. And That's give why him I said a concoction they, they were they had picking him and choosing. Soiling himself. Mm-hmm. The they were way. picking and That's choosing. That's how we do with the Bible. It's the same way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Faith is, we, we, we're going we, to check off every box. We're not going to leave no stone unturned. Picking and choosing. When we're trying to get to what it is we're looking for. Mm-hmm. But the book is called Stay With Me. Mm-hmm. And when, when you describe it as a Nigerian love story, you you when you when you tell somebody it's a Nigerian love story, you think it's it's a, a romantic novel between a man and a woman. But when she's saying stay with me, she's talking to her children. Like, don't leave mm-hmm. me. She's saying, Rotimi, stay with me. Uh say son, stay with me. Right? She's talking to everybody. She's talking to but her then, kids. Her yeah, at the end. And everybody. Because she had to leave to go to uh Joss. Mm-hmm. She couldn't take it anymore. She just couldn't bear. She said she she had nothing left in her because uh, I was always told like the worst thing for a person to lose, especially a mother, is their child. Is when your child passes before you do. Not to just have one, but she had two back to back. So she couldn't she couldn't bear the thought or want to face. Well, you know, and at, and so you, I know where you're going. I mean, not she where you're three. going, but yeah, I don't want to mess up your because that's very deep in itself. But is it just me, or by Sasan's death, was no one else going? How come Datun don't have no children with sickle cell disease? Because mm-hmm. his wife didn't carry the trait. Correct, yeah. but he messed with a lot of people. <laughs> but he only had kids with his wife and um, his brother's wife. I don't know. I mean, and I, of course I know that, but sickle cell trait runs in families. And you're trying to tell me that Datun is the only person in that family who don't have, I mean, that had the sickle cell trait. It's just, mm-hmm. that was the one thing. And I don't know, that's, maybe that's just my mind doing too much. Mm-hmm. But the entire time I kept saying, Hmm. Why? And see, and see, I'm I'm being mean because I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any. I don't believe that disabilities are curse or punishments of the parents. Oh no, it's I genetics. So. Yeah. But I it's think genetics. that I, I think that there are times when certain children, the experience itself might not was the one that the universe wanted to see. You know, bring forth to fruition and so given the circumstances and, and all that kind of stuff man you know I just I know going back to like my feelings about the text I know that um, this is one of the first books that I started using Audible on and you know me I'm not an Audible person and I do a lot of book I do a lot of reading on my Kindle on my phone and on my screen so sometimes I don't get to the introduction or the end page writings. I don't get that stuff. I just jump right into the text sometimes. And so listening to this, well, reading it in my mind as a Nollywood comedy, I'm just waiting for, you know, what is this? What is this? Because that's what they be saying in all the movies on, 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 on Netflix. You know, what is this? And it's a couple of times when they do say it in the text. 
But when I turn it on the Audible, like the whole, and I know you can, you can, you can, you can control the pace on Audible, but the whole dictation the oration from the from the from the um, narrator, I got that this was a much more serious, mm-hmm. darker mm-hmm. story than how I was envisioning it, mm-hmm. and that's still like, I guess I'm, I may be sensitized to stuff. I don't know, but like it's just so many ways you can tell this story and interpret it. And with those letters going back and forth, you don't get the full picture until the end. And it's the, it's a classic case of who done it almost. It's like a uh-huh. detective novel in a sense. And you, all these different things are flashing back and you're like, damn, that's what that meant. That's what that and was And it about. makes you want to go back and say, wait a minute, what did I miss? Yeah. Because well, the whole impetus thing, I really well, the don't. whole impetus thing was one of those things and there was another time in the salon when the school principal was talking and they were having girl talk in the salon you know y'all have your barbershop talk we talk in the salon and they started talking about uh i think it was ia bolu's daughter and she was saying how pretty she was and she said that she wasn't going to make it to be a doctor because she was too pretty and Ia Bolu was upset about it, but they started to talk about men and their genitalia and how it stands up and what it does. And they laughed and they talked about how once a girl gets that, there's no going back from that. And yesterday was lost. She was like, what are they talking about? But she didn't want to be this. She knew enough to not want to be disrespectful to her husband so she knew that she was not to say anything. But from that moment, she was like, hmm, there is something that I'm missing. And then I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, is that a go back part? Because now towards the end of the story, we now know that he was never able to have sex with her in the natural sense. Four years. And that made me want to go back and say, mm-hmm. well, what was happening? And how did she hugging. not know? He was into her mind. He was making yeah. her feel good. He was and, and she was her first. And he was her first. And she, like was she, she had no point of comparison. But she was mad. No, but you know what? what? They did a they did a really Oh, she was mad. They they did a really good job in in describing their connection though. Mm-hmm. And and you know how they would sit down and drink coffee together. They were both into the same thing mentally. They were there. Mm-hmm. And 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 they had that connection mentally that was unmatched. And people would die to have that connection with someone. Yes. Yep. <laughs> It's just, but then there it goes. And you're like, what? And as Harvey would say, go, mm-hmm. Harvey, what? What is this? There you go. <laughs> uh, so hey. I guess it's like a point of like we're choosing. Do you want the to meet or do you want this man to be with you? You want your family or your firstborn? Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm tripping. I know I'm talking about TV, but in, in the Nollywood films, there's always this boss man that's, you know, he has these girlfriends on the side. And he, you know, he just, don't you worry, baby. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Big Daddy take care. Big Daddy take care. And it's just always just like, you know, believe what I say culture. Like, don't ever don't believe me. 
just only believe what I say. Like only, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's and that's like a, a reoccurring thing. And I think that that's that's part of what we get in this story too. It's just like you know, just just focus here. Just believe in what we say. What Don't I'm look saying. left and right. Just believe in what we say, and everything is okay. And well, you the know, moral of this story is: you know do not do over. that. Do not do that to the woman that you love. You must tell her the truth, or she will end up sleeping with your brother in your face. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, trying to make you mad. But, hey, listen. <laughs> Notice that uh, that Akeem started an argument with her, and he was he was dissing her in front of his brother, and the brother was like taking up for her. Mm-hmm. This was all a plan. Mm-hmm. It was by design. It, it was by design, and he said you would catch her vulnerable, and he was like. I didn't know it was going to be that damn easy. Right. <laughs> and that's another thing. God damn, you that can't even put that Because but he when you're right. reading it, you don't know that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been getting the hot the whole time. Yeah, I mean, but that's something that when Not I the read first time, it, the first time, the first time, time mm-hmm. I just, I, I couldn't believe she allowed that to happen. And that was, a, no, like I'm you saying, said. Akeem. Akeem has been getting his wife the hot the whole oh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He can't finish the job off. So well, she, he, he, he finished was it. finishing? Yeah, he was finishing. She was satisfied. He yeah. said, Datun, this is Datun letter to his brother. Now, when you talking about can't read the room or don't know the temperature or how your brother feel, <laughs> this is honest but from his perspective, Datun said, the first time I had sex with your wife, it was to save your marriage. I still hadn't gotten a thank you for that, you selfish, righteous man. <laughs> he said, I even closed my eyes when she undressed that day. You know, that first time I tried to kiss her, not because I particularly wanted to, but because it seems like the thing to do, make it less like rape. <laughs> Dude, I thought this was hilarious to me it because is. he was so oblivious. We had chastity sex, like what they do on home videos with the sheep firmly covering our bodies as though someone was watching. I honestly thought you had told her everything like you promised. And when I discussed it with her the first time, it was only because you were away and she had just gotten the news that Saison had sickle cell. I felt she needed someone to talk to. That's all. I mean, that was all. I mean, did I want her? To be honest, before you and the creator, yes. But I didn't tell her all that to betray you. Listen, this is another part of the book. It was two parts of the book that I couldn't connect. And Teresa just made that connection for me. The first one, how you go four years without having penetration sex. Like you are living in the dark as a woman if you don't really know what's really going on. But this was the early 1980s. They didn't have uh, access to a lot of that stuff. They got married in 1981. Yeah, but that's not like a long time ago. I mean, they had a cell phone. He had a mind. He had a mind. Sex since we got it, though. (laughs) 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 Waiting for porn. Waiting for porn, hub man. Come on, man. Wait, this one you got the magazines. Let's let's be real, too. Then, I mean, if we're going to talk about that side of the game, then let's talk about. Hold on, hold on. It was one more thing. It was one more thing I wanted to point out. But you just want to talk about the sex and what she didn't know. She was having orgasms. There are women who have sex with men all the time that are penetrating them that never have orgasms. So, who's better? Well, the second thing was. 
that I thought Datun was going to... No, don't even go there. You see, I'm trying to... I'm going right over that. I mean, but that's the truth. I, that ain't got nothing to do with this, with, with, with this picture right here. Who are we talking about? I talk, these niggas laughing about what you said. <laughs> I mean, they ain't got nothing to do with what was going on over here in the Gibbons like, house. Over. I'm laughing at the snow. That's what I'm laughing at. Easy, easy. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. What you do, Harvey? I'm laughing at Snipes. Oh, when Snipes got up in the seat? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to let none of that. I was going to go right over there, but y'all just couldn't let it go. Yeah, hey. I wasn't going to put that on you, dog. I was going to, you know, we're going to change the subject on that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I wasn't, yeah, because they had nothing to do with me. Hey, listen. That's what I'm saying. That brother with the immaculate conception, he got the, he got the game. <laughs> Harvey talking about some Osiris. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> the the thing about it to me was I was waiting till Datun had some type of emotional connection because really those were his kids. Uh-huh. They were, mm-hmm. but, but he never really it. like felt like yeah. he gave a damn because he, he also lost that. two kids. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't his children. He might have been like, whoo. <laughs> I mean, what would be the point of that? It was no child support. I mean, what, what is what is there? I mean, what can what can he have been caught up in? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm saying I can't. I can't. I'm listening. She come to you crying, talking about she had a miscarriage. You're like. All right, all right, all right. I'm so sorry to hear that. Actually, that's not what happened. Remember, he was all emotional. He got pregnant again. Because he was emotional? Well, when she came in and uh, had found out about Saison, and she came and was crying, he was like, ooh, let me cool. And boom. Uh, you think he did that because he was emotional about losing the baby? He was emotional and he was in love with the today. Yes, he was. Okay. And, and you know, and you know, I don't know if you picked up in the book, they was talking about yesterday's body and how beautiful she was mm-hmm. and her breasts and her figure. She was very, very fine. But let me tell you what's more important than that. And okay. what's more important to that than that in this family is boundaries and what? And being able to be buried. Status. status. Boundaries and status. And even yesterday would make sure that those lines were not crossed. And when people were around, she knew what to say and how to maneuver. And Mm -hmm. she was upset with Datun when he did not show her husband the respect that he deserved as the older brother. Mm -hmm. So she made sure that everything and everybody kept their boundaries. The only time that Datun ever lost it was when he was drunk and he reached out and touched her breast and and the mama almost went crazy. He crossed the line in front of the mama Mm -hmm. and and Akeem had to try to keep it together from killing his brother in front of his mama. In front of his mother. Yeah, but, but he knew deep down inside that that was Something behind it. Up, well, he it's knew not that at it that was moment. partly his not fault. At that moment, buddy. He had to take some responsibility for that. And I think that at that moment, he did take some responsibility for that. 
but it was um Datun got it bad. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 feel a, a lot of emotion for Datun. I don't. Because I think that Datun is just the I mean he's the, he's, he's a shitty man, but like he didn't he's deserve He's the crackhead uncle. Yeah, that 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 tune is, he all a, a lot of that tune stuff come up on between him. Yeah, he he couldn't manage his money. He that was part, not yeah, a faithful no, yeah. husband. Yeah, he's, he's, he's trifling. I get he that. He left but... the family to go hit licks, and you know he he, he left Akeem to be the the son and take on all the responsibility. They didn't sit around talking about what Datu was doing because Datu was out there being a clown. And uh, a king was in his feelings when he found out that uh, Yesterday was pregnant again. Exactly. Because that was so funny. <laughs> when they were in the kitchen. Yes, and she said, and, and, and she said, because I'm, I'm pregnant, right? I'm, I'm pregnant. And he said, Yesterday, are you pregnant again? So are you pregnant? Again? And that's why that was something else that we missed. Because I was going, how is this happening like this? I'm just so confused. Because when when he finally went to his brother, he was like, dude, I ain't tell you to keep fucking up. Exactly. What the you fuck said you, you wanted five kids. doing? You said you wanted and then, five And then he's like, damn, you still fucking my brother? Right. But he couldn't say that because... Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to know. So he's right. living again. And he's silence. holding this in. Like, yes. and, and you know what? At this he time, she had already real. knew that he knew. He, She already knew because Datun had already told No, him. she... Oh, you're talking right about now. after Sesan. Yes. Okay. She, she, yeah, now she was She was hoping that she got caught because the day that Akeem caught them and he beat his brother ass, he tried to kill his brother, she said she saw him and yes. she put her knees up in the air. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But that's why, that's why I said you talking about a knife. Look, you talking about a knife in your heart? Well, that, you know what? That's that's one thing I wanted to say about a king. A king is known to be very calculate. A king is known to uh, to be very careful in his in what the things that he say and how he moves. He thought that he thought this whole thing through. He thought he he that he could keep his emotions together. He thought he, he thought that he could keep all of this close, and he thought that he had the solution. Because you remember something about uh, he had uh, when he was talking about uh, Fumi. He said it was a miscalculation, and he had to redo the equation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, he thought he had all this together. He realized that love is something more powerful. And it's something that you really can't plan for. You can't plan for these strong emotions. You, he didn't plan for all of these events to exactly. come after this butterfly effect, rather, uh-huh. to come after when he decided, you know what? I have the perfect plan. I'm going to get my brother who looks just like me. The only difference is our skin tone to get my wife pregnant and nobody would know it would be just our little secret. Mm-hmm. He didn't calculate that my brother is carrying the, uh, the trait. Right. He didn't know it, it, uh, yesterday had the trait. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I thought that was so clever how she wrote that in the book because back in, back in those times, I think when the first time she got pregnant was what in 1992, Back in those times, they didn't. They weren't doing DNA tests. 
So the only way you could find out was something of like the sickle cell trait. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the continent, on the east side in Kenya, I had a professor. Um, he said there's a saying when it comes to pregnancies, only the mother knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they say mama's baby, daddy's maybe. There you yeah. go. That's what they say here. <laughs> that is, yeah, we, we play around with that. Mm-hmm. That's a nice little saying. Because that's been going on forever. You think women just now started sleeping with people's brothers? Mm, yeah, right. So. <laughs> Man, I think this is a good point to wrap this up. Yeah. Word. Yeah, yeah. So, um, thank you Free for listening tune. to the Bros Book Chef. Free that too. <laughs> Lock him up. <laughs> uh, uh, this is uh, before I wrap this up. I want to wrap up this uh, this review right quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just me, but the ending of the book was tear jerky mm. to me, and it bought it all together and it shows that real love and that real connection that they had mm. yes and I it was like that, a um, stay with me moment yesterday was yesterday was still a little reserved no she is she no she said let me see she didn't fall in his arms and be like oh we're a family Mm-mm. that didn't happen no, because he she is he had stopped being the man of her dreams during that time. Mm-hmm. Because somebody, when you have sex, I tell people you share their souls, and the, you leave a piece of them in you. And we know Datoon was leaving him in her. He was. <laughs> what does that have to please wrap that up? Because I have a I have a lot of questions. Ask wrap what up that that whole how is that. Okay, what what do you mean? So we're saying, okay, Spiritual five times. Ties. Even if, even if he had left pieces of himself in her five times. Okay. What does that mean? That, that means that he was coming all in her. But what does that mean? That means that he was leaving a piece of his DNA in her. Okay, but what does that have to do what with that? That means that are? she was she was forming some type of connection with him detaching from a king she felt that that uh, a king betrayed her she felt that she thought that right, she could but trust that doesn't a king have anything stop giving that to datoon i mean men take so much liberty with women and think that they have so much power and control negative that he, she didn't like him either so what was it? It was the fact that she never knew. It was the fact that she had given so much of herself to Akeen and these children and that he had done this to her and her life. Mm-hmm. Akeen is part of the reason that she had to go through so much loss and pain because of his dishonesty with her. And she was in love with a person who would never do that to her. So now she has to reconcile and go back and say, can I even, as much as I love him, can I even be with a person who would do this to me? She was in love with a person who would never do that to her. So she at least in her mind, because like yeah. she said, he was he was able to keep parts of himself away from him. He was Everybody. able to make you feel that he was really into you and listening to you. 
and making you, make you feel like you was the most important right. person and in the I room. And I do not believe that she felt that that was not, she was not privy to that. I know that she knows that he would give so much of himself for her, but the pain that he took her through is a lot. And it was something mm-hmm. that she, it, you can tell that these are things that she has to sort out for herself. And she's been on her own for what, 15 years? That she, 16. So, yeah, she's like, I can take From 92 care of myself. to 08, yeah. Now, the, now I have a choice as to what type of relationship I want to have now with you. You know, where are you going to be in my life? And what will this relationship look like going forward? I say all the time, life is about perspective. And that means everybody's perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I give the book a 10. Yes, let's do it. Thank you, Donovan. So our final thoughts on the book, if you rate the book 1 through 10, Teresa? 10. 10, okay. Harvey? What is this? <laughs> yeah, man, that's what I give it right there. What is this? What is this? I mean, I mean, why not give it a 10, I guess? Okay. This is the first book I think I've given a 10. Um, so with that being said, I guess that wraps up the podcast. Thank you for listening. Click subscribe. Share with your friends. 